Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the new Entrepreneur Negro. We are working on episode three. It's myself, Jay Chris, and it's the Ryan Hunter. You're Ryan Hunter on this one, right? Yeah. Ryan Hunter or that, whatever you want to call me. It's all it's all good, man. They know who I am. And uh, you know, what we talk about on this show is entrepreneurship. Uh from a, from a personal perspective, from the perspective of other entrepreneurs. We have some entrepreneurs in the in the in the wake that we're gonna be interviewing and talking to them about their journeys. And um you know, some things from our own personal perspective. Now I personally I've said on the show before, I do not consider myself an entrepreneur because I do not live off of the income from my business. Actually, my business does not have any income as of yet, but you know, (laughs) so I cannot live off the income of my business, but um, I am working towards that. And, uh, and R dot Hunter is working on his businesses as well. And uh, today we have something, a couple specific things that we're going to talk about. Last week, we talked about the five reasons why you should not be um, concerned with people stealing your ideas. And this week we're going to talk. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you introduce the the topic for today. Well, before we hop into it, you know, I guess can I can still consider myself an entrepreneur now that I'm going back to work? You know, I know we've talked about over the last two episodes about me moving into full time entrepreneurship. Uh, that journey started on August first. Today is what September twentieth. September twentieth, I promise. Well, I was going to say that it was Wednesday, so I was going to say But, was... you know, the show's not live. So. Right, right, right. So it's recorded anyway. Yeah, so, we don't okay. have to fool anybody. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is true. So, yeah, live. it just airs on Wednesdays. But, uh, no, so, you know, just about two months, a little, eh, just about two months into the journey, I decided, hey, you know what? I need to have active income. Mm-hmm. Uh not saying that the business is an active income, but it just isn't as active as I would like it to be. Right. Uh, which, you know, which tends to happen. Right. Those things and, you know, having a family, having bills, having mm-hmm. a, a Range Rover that I got to pay for, uh, you know, having those type yeah. of things kind of forced me back to the job market a little earlier than I wanted to. But uh, <clears throat> actually... Going back into the job that's market. Nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. No, not at all, which you know is I mean? exactly you're taking, why. You're handling business. You actually were not being stubborn as to say, right. I got my businesses that I'm going to. You understood that, okay, I need to you know, put a little bit more money into what I, what I got going on. And to do that, let me get back into the workforce, but still have my businesses on the side that I'm going to be running. Right. And, and I know, think that that's more getting back to the reality of my situation. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people, and I think that that's where we're going to go with this episode is separating some myth from reality. Okay. Uh, Because a little bit of what I wanted to go into, and I saw a post online that said, hey, the average millionaire has seven streams of income. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it and I said, that's got to be a joke. And I'm not, not saying, I think, or... As an average person, and I call myself an average person, mm-hmm. when I think of that and seven streams of income, I immediately think, all oh, right, somebody either has seven jobs or seven businesses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
that's a lot of effort. And that's kind of where your mind would just right. tend to just go automatically. Because that, when you think that, of income, you think of a job. Right. So I had to do a little Something. more, I don't want to say research, but I had to think about this a little bit deeper. Okay. And just looking at it saying, all right, seven forms of income, mm-hmm. seven streams of income mm-hmm. to get a million. Now, we know that income can either be active or passive. Yes. Now, I would assume that every millionaire has at least one active stream of income, right? That's You can assume that. I mean, I've never been a millionaire, so. <laughs> <laughs> Neither have I, but we on we on the path. We're on mm-hmm. the path. But I would assume that there's something that you pour your effort into right. to see results. Right. It's got to be. And that's what active income is mm-hmm. for most Americans, for most people, period. Mm-hmm. Yes. Active income is your job. Right. You trade time for money. Mm-hmm. And it's constant. You either get paid every week or every two weeks or the first of every month or bi month. However you get paid, divided by the time you get in. Mm-hmm. is what your active income is. Yes. So you're going to get paid for going to work. That's your active income. Mm-hmm. Passive income is income that you get for not exerting much effort. Income that you can be receiving while you're sleeping. I don't want to say it that way because okay. I think people <laughs> think that there's no work that goes into okay. passive income. Okay, good call. And good call. there's always, no matter how you get money, mm-hmm. There's always, There's always work. work that goes Absolutely. into it. Absolutely. And people get those misconceptions about oh, make money while you're can asleep. I, can I take another crack at it? Yeah. Money that you make that is not directly tied to the work you're doing at the moment. Correct. Now, I like that a lot better. Okay. Because That's two points for me. I can make money while I'm asleep, mm-hmm. but it's because of the groundwork that I laid while I was right. awake. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's where passive income comes into mm-hmm. it. Now, where do you get passive income? Are you asking me to, to give you an answer? Just give me just give okay. me something off the top, um, what you can think of. Real estate. Real estate. Real estate can be passive income. Now, um, now we're going to use real estate as an example. Okay. So. And actually, We're, I'm sorry. I, I I'm sorry I'm interrupting, but I do want you to explain. You, you you had a post on Instagram yesterday. I meant to talk ask you about it. Okay. And it and I feel like we might be getting into it, but you had a post about some real estate stuff on, and I wanted you to explain that to me because I didn't really understand it. And I'll I'll pull it up. Don't even worry about it because I want you to get into it. It was actually a post from uh, a real estate agent in Delaware that I had borrowed it from. Uh, Tim and I know Tim is going to kill me because I can't remember his last name right now, oh, and Tim I didn't and I didn't tag him in the post either. Oh, so really Tim, man, if you if you're listening, hit me up. I want to get you some promo because I apologize for not getting you out there because it was your post that I stole. But we're going to get back <laughs> to that. We're going to get back to that. So real estate, we we think of real estate as passive income, but where does the money to get real estate come from? Where does the money to get real estate come from? from active from income. From active income. Right. Yeah. So what a lot of people don't understand is that you have to at least have the active income coming in first, right? Yes. So we want our, and 
I take this back to math. You know, this was not our greatest subject when we were down at UMES. Definitely wasn't. Uh, but, and it actually goes right into what we were talking about, the algebra stuff. Uh, so you want your income to be exponential. Mm-hmm. You want it to be on an exponential curve positively okay. instead of a linear curve okay. positively. Uh, so in a linear model, it goes up incrementally the same every time, which is what? Active income. Okay. It's your paycheck. So if you budget properly, which a lot of people don't, it's a whole nother show. Right. right. If you budget properly, you know exactly what your expenses are. You know what your income is. Mm-hmm. You know what's left from that. Yes. So if that's the same every single time, your wealth is going to accumulate on a linear basis, meaning okay. that it's no more, no less than if the normal the average. It's a straight line. Okay. As long as you stick to that budget. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you get off of that straight line? You get off of that straight line by beginning to accumulate passive income. Okay. Stocks, bonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, mutual funds, ETFs, real estate, Mm -hmm. investing in businesses, uh, investment groups, purchasing assets. Uh, There's a number of different ways that you can make that exponential curve. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a lot of people get so stuck into the linear line of thought that work is all we know. So, the generations prior to ours, they thought if you work hard, you get a promotion. Okay. You get a promotion, you make more money. Mm-hmm. You make more money, you get nicer things. But in essence, you're just spending more because you're making more. Right. So the right. curve doesn't go to one way or the other. It Good relatively point. stays linear because you're going to make more. Mm-hmm. Your expenses increase. Yes. So you still stay linear. Yes. Now, obviously, there are people who want to diversify that. And I think that that's where the idea of seven streams of income came from. Okay. You know, I don't know where that concept started. I can't tell you where the post came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is just my spin on it. It's not for anybody else. It's just what my thoughts were. Okay. So if... I want to have passive income. I know I have to have active income, right? Yes. So this is kind of what led me back to work, mm-hmm. to work a real job. And I know people can't see me doing the air quotes. But don't say real but job. Work say, a real job. Uh, and that's why I did the air quotes. Yeah. And people okay. can't see okay. that. No, okay. But that's why I'm calling so it on a, the radio, let's call it a, a quote, a unquote. A traditional job. Right. Okay. A traditional job. So real. going back... <laughs> to a traditional job and getting a steady income based on specific hours that I give to a company. Mm-hmm. Now I know that right there, that's active income. Yes. But I also have teas with attitude. I also have the nonprofit, mm-hmm. uh, blue demon athletics. Yes. I also have block suite. Mm-hmm. So there are other avenues. I also have last name legacy, which obviously is partnered with Bad Credit Ain't Cute doing uh, financial literacy and credit repair. So there are multiple streams of income for me. But right now, I won't consider any of them to be passive because I'm still laying that groundwork 
to make residual income off of it. Okay. So right now, I'm just putting the ground floor, which means that there's still going to be constant work into every avenue that I have. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's still going to be work into the full-time job, the traditional job. Right. Plus, I'm still in school. You know, I'm a full-time college student. So there's so many different avenues right now. And I think that many entrepreneurs can get overwhelmed because a lot of it is based on your calendar. You Mm. truly have to plan all of your activities accordingly or something's going to fall off. Something's going to fall to the wayside. Right. Uh, So for me, my calendar is how I get paid. I know if I don't set aside time to build up teas with attitude, Mm. I'm not going to have that stream of income. It's not going to yield me anything. Right. If I don't set aside time to talk to my clients through bad credit ain't cute, Mm -hmm. those credit repair clients are going to disappear. So if I don't consistently put in that ground floor work, Mm -hmm. that passive income never materializes. It continually becomes more active income because I have to do more work not only to maintain those avenues, but then still go back and maintain a regular job plus a household. So, and I know, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, so, you're good. Um, it it kind of it sounds like what you're saying right now is in the beginning of some passive incomes, it's, it tends to be act more so active income that becomes passive. Correct. And I think that every passive income starts out as an active right. income. Right. Uh, Because you have to do the work to get it established. Mm -hmm. And establishing a business, a brand, whatever you're working to establish, it's hard work at the beginning. I mean, when we think about just to go back to the ground floor of New Twist Radio, Mm -hmm. you know, when you started that, it was a lot harder then than it is now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There was a lot of, I'm not going to go into too much detail. But I was traveling to a studio. Right. I was um, paying for studio time. A um, studio that we should have acquired. That we should have acquired is a whole other story. Yeah, we won't talk about that on this show. And I probably, and I kind of think it's better that we didn't. But like, like I, I said, I think it's, it's a whole yeah. other story. Um, but yeah, there was there was a lot of different things that I had to do. Um, I was relying on uh, other people to to basically do what I was doing. And now... Not so much. I can do everything that I'm doing from where we're sitting right now. And, yeah, I mean, you know, as time progresses with technology, things, certain things, certain jobs will be easier to do, I guess, from the home or from wherever you want to have them. I can travel with my studio anywhere I want to go. Right. Um, On the flip side of that, people that work technology jobs as things become easier are starting to lose their jobs because a lot of things are becoming automated, which is why a lot of those people I think should probably look to go the entrepreneurial route. Um, if you follow me on Instagram and on social media, you see that I've put some videos out there just, you know, playing around and practicing my craft. I put some videos out there, put some graphics out there that I've created just to stay sharp with it. Now those things are going to become, automated and people will start to lose their jobs in a sense but you know i can make a video for last name legacy right now i can make right. a, a video for the new entrepreneur Negro, as as people have seen um these 
skill sets that are becoming that are going techno technological can become entrepreneurial avenues for a lot of people and will be active and I don't know if you can find a way to make those passive, but you know, active income, there ain't nothing wrong with active income. But to answer your original question, yes, things have gotten easier for me to produce content than they were 10 years ago, eight years ago, whatever the case may be, 20 years ago. We were talking about the campus at the University of Maryland, for right. sure. So, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, things have become a lot easier. Now, it's become easier, and this is like no dig or shot, because I know people will take it that way. But it's a lot easier, and we still haven't learned how to generate not even the active income from mm -hmm. it as of yet, right. because we're still perfecting this craft. Right. So it's right. still... A lot of work we're still mm -hmm. trading time mm -hmm. for our results are less tangible than income uh, obviously we do this because there are some results from it that we see mm -hmm. uh, so it's not something where it's a monetary uh, reward for what we do right but we're laying the groundwork Absolutely. so and I think that that's one thing that loses a lot of people uh, and it's a known fact that when businesses start, they tend to lose their first few years. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's nothing that is not known. It's it's a well-known fact. Mm -hmm. uh, and people have to prepare for that. There are so many ways now where you can try to mitigate some of those losses. Mm -hmm. uh, there are very few businesses and business models that account for success the first year. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, what I'm doing is no different. I am spending money right now mm -hmm. to establish a business and a brand for the long term. So right. you have to think when you establish a business, you have to think long term. Mm -hmm. You can't think, all right, well, my business is only going to be around for a year or two or mm -hmm. three or, you know, I'm only doing this for right now. Because right now you're likely to not see the results that you want. Right. Uh, right. Not immediately. Not immediately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there are very few businesses and shout out to everybody who's running a business and they were positive capital year one because that's hard to do. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to, do. hard to do. If you make one dollar in profit your first year, you won. You've done a lot more than most than most, most people. Yeah. So for every entrepreneur out there, I hope people are inspired by the fact that if they made a dollar they were successful yeah. if they made ten dollars they're wildly successful mm -hmm. if you made enough to go get a tank of gas right now in today's <laughs> economy you are winning you're doing something the millionaires out there i mean they didn't make it overnight there's very few overnight millionaires right and those who are overnight millionaires we look at overnight success and so many people talk about it. When we see those overnight successes, it took them 10 years for their business, their idea, mm -hmm. their movement to blow up. You may not and have seen the work. And it blew up overnight. Right. So you may not have seen what work went into it. Mm -hmm. But like when people talk about, you know, the 15 minutes of fame, mm -hmm. there were a whole lot of hours that go into that 15 minutes of fame. And I always and I always talk about it and I'm so pissed off that I forgot the number right now. 
but uh, outliers, Malcolm Gladwell, he says, you have to put in X amount of hours mm-hmm. before you can consider yourself to be the brand. You're out there. You're mm. big. You made it. It's like thousand, right? Yeah, thousand, uh, thousand hours, something like ten thousand hours, something. Ten, I can't even remember the yeah, figure off like the top of my head. I, w- I wanted to touch on something that you said right. that would go that might have gone. We didn't talk about it too much, and, and I don't want to take up a lot of time talking about it. But something that you said that will it is huge, okay? And and uh, and and this is what it is. You talked about, you spoke earlier about spending habits. Right. When you were talking about the linear. the Spending habits, budgeting. Now, if you are going to be an entrepreneur, if you are going to uh, successfully budget your life, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or not, you have to pay attention to your spending habits. Oh, definitely. You have to pay attention to your spending habits. If you are, if you know that you're out. Um, if you're buying $500 worth of clothes every week and you make $1,000 a week, you're probably not, you're not, you're not budgeting your money well. Okay. Um, if you are eating out every day, as opposed to, you know, making your, making your food at home, possibly, you know, those things can add up and, 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 and you gotta, you gotta take those things into consideration. I saw something, um, recently that said that you should, really be spending maybe 10% of your paycheck on I'm sorry how, how, let me I don't want to mess this up you shouldn't you shouldn't be spending any you shouldn't be buying anything you don't need that costs more than 10% of your paycheck I think that's I think that's how to uh, yeah how I saw I saw that post that says if you are spending more than 10% of your paycheck on an item on an item you need to determine if it's a need right right because if it's not a necessity Mm -hmm. then you probably should not buy it probably which if you're budgeting the right way it depends it depends on what you make it depends depends on like if you save the money to get it right that's that's different if you are treating yourself to something every every once in the blue moon if you're treating yourself to something that you're paying to more than 10 percent on from your paycheck like if you're not saving money but you want to buy something with your paycheck i'm I'm, you know i'm saying i'm not saying don't treat yourself i'm not saying don't have fun with with your hard-earned money but what i'm saying is if you're planning on doing things that's going to that's going to take your your financial discipline then spending you know if you spend if you if you make one thousand dollars this week and you spent seven hundred dollars on a computer it doesn't make a lot it doesn't make a lot of financial sense it just doesn't and i I just wanted to touch on that because we kind of glossed over it real quick but it's very important to know that your spending habits are going to have a big effect on how you build your business as an entrepreneur but go ahead well, yeah. So, spending habits. Like, I I have a app called Money Lion, and I know I've sent it to a lot of people. I I'm pretty sure I sent you a link no, for you it. Sent it to me, Trump. I sent it to you. I'm sure I did. <laughs> I'm sure I sent it to you. Uh, but I sent the link to a lot of people. Uh, money Lion is a really cool app that I have. It gives me a little information on what I'm spending my money on. It tells me how much I spent on gas, how much I've spent on food, uh, 
you know, what upcoming bills I may have, uh, gives me tips on my credit utilization. I always pay attention to those type of things just because I'm working on building something that's going to last longer than me. So I think mm-hmm. you have to have that financial discipline first okay. uh, before you can do anything because your business will only survive on the money that it has. Right. You have to make sure that there is capital available for your businesses. If you don't have the money, you are out of business. Absolutely. Uh, So it doesn't matter what your customer base looks like. If you don't have product or you don't have service, then you're out of luck. So budgeting is key. And I think that that's key to generating passive income. Because Mm -hmm. if you are not reliable with your active income or you're not disciplined with your active income, your passive income is going to be non-existent. Absolutely. Because a lot of passive income requires taking capital and letting it sit. Mm. People who don't have discipline can't let the money sit. They didn't hear you. They didn't hear you. Say it again. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go back on that. (laughs) Letting it sit. Letting it sit. Go ahead. To use your passive income. Mm Mm-hmm. You have to let your active income sit. There you go. You've got to be disciplined with your money. Okay. You have to be disciplined with the money. There you go. So what's going to happen is you are going to generate a certain amount of money from your active income. Mm-hmm. That money, let's say you set aside $500. Mm-hmm. Now you want to convert that to passive income, which means money that is working for you while you're not actively putting time into it. Right. So let's say you want to buy stock. What's the first thing you have to do? You have to do some active work. You have to do some research. Some you have research. to make sure it's going in the right places. Mm-hmm. You acquire that stock. Then you have to let it sit. Yep. You've got to trust that your stock is going to do what you need it to do. Right. Uh, it was funny because there was a post on Facebook not too long ago. Uh, I won't name the young lady. Uh, but <laughs> she was saying that she put her money into a certain stock. Mm-hmm. And she is watching it lose money daily. And she asked, did anybody have advice for her? So I gave her the piece of advice and I said, stop looking at it. That's the honest (laughs) truth. If you're looking at stock daily Mm -hmm. and you're allowing it to impact you emotionally, you already lost. Take your money out. Yeah, absolutely. I tell people, if you are going to buy stock, do not look at it for at least 12 months. Mm. Don't worry about it. You can look. Now, when you're educating yourself, look at the history. Look at the last year. Look at the last yeah. two years. Mm-hmm. Look at what potentially may be coming forward. But once you buy it, don't look at it for 12 months. Right, because it's going to do a lot of things. It's going to do it's a lot. lot. It's going to go up. It's going to go down, especially with our economy right now. It, it has a lot to do with our economy, our market. Fed's just because interest rates for the second time this year. There's so many different factors that are going to go into how you are going to do with stock. But one thing that you can't do is look at it on a very regular basis. Absolutely. Even if you want to look at it quarterly, mm-hmm. I I would say that that's too much. But if you want to look at it, look at it quarterly. Look at quarterly performance, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely don't look at your stock day to day. Here's one thing I would say to that will go against what you're saying, but I, right. but I agree with what you're saying. Right. Um, if you are looking to, and I, I hate to use this term because it, it, it sounds irresponsible, but if you're looking to play in the stock market, right. I would look at it a little more often than, than what you're saying. 
Only because, and when I say play in the stock, I'm talking about you. You're looking, you're watching what your stock does. You're looking at the behavior, and you sell high and you buy low. Like if you know your stock is up and down, and you're looking to and you're looking to do certain things, and you you can sell high, which is which is recommended sell high because once you sell, that's when you really make or lose your money is when when the stock is sold. Well, so that goes into day trading, okay. and what day trading is, and these are people. This is active income. Mm-hmm. Day traders will log on, and if you've ever Googled it or you've looked at it on TV and you see that day traders will have four screens set up. They will have stock on every screen. They watch every move of what the market oh, okay. is doing. So it's totally a, different. It's an extremely active income. Okay. Okay. So for those who are looking to do that, understand that you have to sit at a monitor all day. Because you're looking for those peaks and valleys. Mm. You're looking for something to drop drastically so you can buy low. Mm -hmm. When it shoots back up an hour later, you have to sell it off right then and there. Ah, So it's it's a huge attention to detail. It's something totally different. It's a whole different ballgame. So the day trading aspect, even if you're looking to do something like that, you definitely don't want to day trade with active income. Mm -hmm. Because, again, it's so volatile that... If you're one minute late, mm-hmm. you lose. Mm. So mm. that also goes with the risk factors. So low risk, low reward, high risk, high reward, mm-hmm. high risk, low reward, low risk, high reward. So you want to make sure whatever quadrant you're looking for is going to be something that meets those needs. So if you're okay. looking for low risk, high reward, mm-hmm. you know that those things are very minimal. And then, not only are they very minimal, they're extremely expensive to get into. Okay. So when you're talking low risk, high reward, your investments are thousands of dollars to get in the door. Right. Now, when you're talking low risk, low reward, that is, you know, some of these... uh, Loan companies where, let's say, you're it's private lending almost, mm-hmm. but I'm loaning somebody a hundred dollars through a peer to peer lending and they're going to pay me back 150. And this all ties back into what you're talking about the seven, seven, right? Seven, how, uh, how you generate active versus passive income and the seven, the myth, and I call it a myth. That is not really a myth. It's just a misconception of how you achieve it. Mm-hmm. But the seven streams of income for the average millionaire. Okay. Uh, but And it was funny because I looked it up previously and said the average billionaire only has one stream of income. Really? Now, is it accurate? Well, yes it, and no. Making money off the, that millionaire? You make money <laughs> off of other millionaires. Mm. I mean... So literally what happens is they're going to tie in a lot of subsidies into their businesses. Mm -hmm. When you think of billionaires, you think of Warren Buffett. Mm. Warren Buffett only has one entity. Okay. Right. But he's invested in so many other things. His one stream of income is his entity, period. Now, his entity may have... 50 millionaires involved. I just saw an article that he was mentoring Jay-Z. Right. Uh, he mentors, mentors quite a few people. Right. Yeah, LeBron. LeBron mm-hmm. is one. Jay-Z another. And it, it's amazing that 
these people are millionaires and they're still seeking the education from the billionaire. And that's mm-hmm. another thing that I always stress people to do is don't be the smartest person in the room. Right. Find yeah. someone that you can learn from. I've been lucky in my lifetime to be around people who could give me information, mm. man. You know, when I moved to Atlanta, uh, working for a company that no longer exists, mm-hmm. uh, and getting to meet Jim Geiger, the CEO of that company, man, this dude was just a wealth of knowledge and he was willing to share. And then we were acquired by another company and working so closely with the CEO there, uh, Vincent Otto, man, wealth of knowledge he's probably one of the most humble and forceful millionaires that i've ever met in my life Mm. and he was so willing to share with me information and knowledge on how to start building things the right way it's funny you said you know you're talking about a millionaire business owner not threatened not feeling threatened by the fact that you're looking to come up no you know what uh, I mean, and is willing to share this information with you and to try to see you see give you the give you the knowledge to make the come up as well. It's amazing because I've never been around a millionaire that was not willing to share information, not one. Uh, N.K. Chowdhury, uh, he the president of Jaipur Rugs, uh, he is in India, uh, but I worked for his the American part of his company Mm -hmm. and when i say that man he's the most humble leader that i've ever worked with Uh, we still correspond on linkedin obviously due to the time difference he doesn't really get my text messages until crazy hours but when i tell (laughs) you that the the he was the most brilliant and compassionate leader that i've ever worked with and i can tell you there are some stark differences between Vinny uh than nk And there's some huge differences between Jim and Vinny. Mm -hmm. None of them are the same, but the attention to detail that they put into their businesses were second to none. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there was at one point I could talk to them about something that was going on at a location I was running that they didn't already know. When they ask questions, it's just for confirmation. It's kind of like being a parent. You know, when I ask my son, hey, when does class start? Mm -hmm. I already know when class starts. I'm just waiting to see if you give me the same answer that I already have. Mm -hmm. And I think that I got a lot of that from them. When they're asking me about their business, they're not asking me for information that they don't already have. Mm -hmm. They're just looking for reconfirmation. Okay. And I've been in rooms where somebody has given them information that differed than what they already had. Mm -hmm. And they have the wherewithal to pick it apart. Mm. So I think knowing your business, you have to know your business like the back of your hand. Mm. And I think we digressed a lot today because we we covered so much stuff today. (laughs) I don't want to overload anybody because I do want to get back to that piece of it. And I think we can pick that up on another episode about knowing your business and getting that knowledge. Because okay. uh, I don't, you know, we usually run about a half hour or so, and yeah, I don't want to overload anybody over. today. We're going over 35 minutes, but it's all good. It's well, good conversation. Absolutely good conversation. And one thing I wanted to add to the conversation, and, uh, you know, it's just it's not something that necessarily we talked about today, but I just want to add it for 
anybody is looking to to you know start their own business or runs their own business do so aggressively save your money you know your active income aggressively save your money aggressively do the things that you have to do and and be aggressive in it and be intentional with it okay don't just you know talk about it and and, and kind of be about it and don't make excuses for why you can't do it the, the excuses you know they don't matter okay give instead of looking for excuses as why you can't do it let's start to look at reasons of why you are going to do it the, the, the reasons have to outweigh the excuses because excuses can actually be worked around. All right. So for the third episode of Entrep- the new Entrepreneur Girl, excuse me, let me say that again. For the third episode of new the new Entrepreneur myself, Jay Chris, and, and our Don Hunter over here, we want to thank you for checking us out. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. All right. Appreciate you. Take care.